0: friends Uh, dr. Gordon Moore is in the house with his lovely wife partner in crime Joe and uh, these guys are down with us for this week and it's a great privilege to have Gordon preach here this morning he's preached in this church uh, many many times and we're trying to work out we actually haven't got it written down anywhere when was the first time Gordon came to C3 church LA Hills back then it was LA Hills Christian City Church and we think it was 1998 or seven, So it's either 21 or 22 years that uh, Gordon and Joe have been visiting our church. And I want to say to you, our theme this year is shift. Um, and I've noticed in my life that there are particular people who have been more instrumental than others in shifting me in what I think, of what I believe for, what I'm doing. And Gordon and Joe are just wonderful um, pastors and leaders. They've been the previously to what they're doing now senior ministers of c3 church bridging and downs in the beautiful sunny state of queensland they planted that church it's a massive church with some other locations that have been planted out of it they've handed that on successfully to a new pastor andrew and wendy mcgrew that are doing a great job in that church now and um, just their wisdom and their their love for pastors and their families um, Joe is having a good time being a surrogate grandmother while she's here, just hanging on to some of the grandbabies that are in the Williams clan at the moment. Um, They're just really neat friends. They are really neat people. And I know that Gordon's just got this incredible knack to bring the Word of God with a kapow. So just get ready for that. Um, So why don't you put your hands together and welcome Gordon as he comes right now, sir. Great, man.
1: man. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's great, great to be back in See Through Church Adelaide Hills. It's great, we haven't been here for a few years and it's good to be here. I think I'm on. Yeah, I think. Is it on? And um, uh, thank you for the invitation to uh, actually come back and to see the growth and to see what God's doing. It's absolutely wonderful. And uh, we're looking forward to today. We're gonna be sharing this morning. And then tonight, we're gonna be having more of an encounter night. I'm looking forward to that as well. It's gonna be incredible. So how about if you sit down, but before you do, turn to the person next to you and say, shift happens. Thank you, band. It's great. Wonderful. Well, uh, Joe and I have been on a bit of an adventure, as your pastor said. Many of you will know that journey. This is actually our third year into retirement, and um, it's uh, so far so good. And um, we're feeling pretty happy about it. We're just travelling and doing whatever God wants us to do. It's actually quite nice. We've we've just said to God, wherever you want us to go, just invite us, and we'll go. And if we don't get invited, We'll stay home. And um, I think in the last year we've been home probably about two or three Sundays, that's about it, and just traveling all over the world, uh, not just in C3, uh, but all over the body of Christ, seeing things happen, and um, it's been a wonderful journey. Um, since I was with you last, I wrote a new book. I've got a few resources here. Some of them you will know. Um, I've got these leadership styles where you can learn how to lead at another level, um, there's this one here. I've re- resurrected this book because it's actually quite popular called Blender Families. And it's about how, it's a practical how to book, how to book on how you can negotiate uh, remarriage with blended families. Although I call it Blender family not blended, uh, just to help people with that. You know a blender? And that's uh, what that's about. I grew up in one of those. And so it's not really a Bible study. It's more practical helping actually give it to unchurch friends. And um, that's very helpful. That's a thing right there. Um, this one, I think when I was here last time, I'd just written this. Yes, Holy Spirit. This little book here I just keep selling so many of them. People just want. I find there's a new thing happening in the world today, right throughout the body of Christ. People want to be engaged with the Holy Spirit. So it's a little book about the Holy Spirit. And then I think that one was just released, probably when I was with you. That was hot. And if you didn't get a hold of that, I have limited copies, uh, but a cent. And you're doing a series right now on shift and how we need to go to a new level and experience God. This book is about that. It's kind of like my life message. Um, I find I always preach somewhere on this topic of how you can advance and progress as a Christian. So this book will help you. If you're living a boring Christian life, stop it. Just stop it right now, okay? But this will help you. You can pray through the Psalms of Ascent every day. It's a devotional book and uh, read how you can embrace God at a new level. That's uh, quite good. And this is my latest book here, Tell Your Story. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. And we find most Christians, where I've surveyed this throughout the world, uh, believe in Christ, they have friends, they'll invite friends to events, but they don't know how to sit down and actually present the gospel through their story. And this book is about that how you can uh, prepare an organized and uh, almost scripted way to start to tell your story. And that's how you begin. But as you get used to it, then it starts to flow. And we've found um, literally thousands of Christians around the world have been helped with that on how to be out there in the marketplace and tell your story so you can get a, a hold of those they're all there and um, hope it helps you are you feeling good this morning yeah. Yeah. Um, I see things when I begin to worship I just and this morning when I woke up I started to pray just what to pray for this morning I like to pray for a few people is that okay we'll do that then we'll preach um, this thing I saw I saw the I saw a 3d heart and I just saw this heart you know you see them in graphics turning, and I felt the Lord say to me, pray for people in the area of hearts. And it could be um, your valves. I saw valves, um, arteries, um, uh, uh, irregular beats, just everything around the heart. And then as I said, yes, Lord, I'll do that, then I saw kidneys, two kidneys floating. It's weird, isn't it? Don't worry about me. I just see pictures, okay? And um, I wanna pray for people that have trouble in the whole area of their kidneys and those functions. Um, I wanna also pray for people this morning and you have imbalance in your chemicals in the body. I've been praying for people all over the world for this. I've literally seen hundreds and hundreds of people healed with this. It's amazing. And God just keeps talking to me about it. Pray for people because it seems to be an epidemic in our society today. And so we find people with low iron. Um, our son-in-law just got diagnosed with high iron. Um, I never heard of that before. It's quite rare. Uh, these are real conditions. Um, you might have high thyroid, low thyroid. Um, uh, you could have testosterone level uh, in uh, inaccuracies. All sorts of things. Um, but I felt this morning too depressed specifically for anyone that I would call it because I'm not a medical doctor, but it's like a leaching out of your body of certain chemicals. So you can't keep stuff in your system. We'll believe this morning that God will touch you and bring a healing in your life for that and really uh, bring a miracle. Is there anybody in this meeting this morning that might have one of those conditions or you'd like prayer for anything like that? Just raise your hand up. Just let, say, yeah, I'd like prayer for something there. Is there anybody that uh, would like prayer for that? Yeah, there's a few here. Let's all stand together. Maybe you've got other conditions that I haven't mentioned uh, but you would like prayer. I just begin to pray for people with what God shows me. But you might have other things like pain in your joints or your bones or another condition that I haven't mentioned. But that's okay. We want to just turn this into a pre meeting. Is that okay? So if you raised your hand or you go, no, I didn't have one of those conditions. But hey, I'd like prayer for this thing. Just come right now and we're going to pray for you. Will you move right now? Yeah, just come forward expecting and believing God for a miracle in your life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. Awesome. Now, 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 before I pray, let me just say this. This is very important to help you pray. Just move in a little bit, come in a little bit closer there. Um, You've you got to listen to this because it's very important. You don't get healed in your body first. You get healed in your faith first and you give it to your body. I mean, let me just say that again. You don't get healed in your body first. You get healed in your faith first, and you give it to your body. Amen. See, because what I find is when I pray for people everywhere, they're looking to their body for the healing. But that's not how healing happens. This is not physical healing. It's divine healing. Yeah. See, so we've got to get this. Once you get this, oh, wow, okay. So The little woman in Mark 5 decided in her faith that she was healed long before she was healed in her body. It could have been weeks or even months if you read Mark 5. It wasn't like she was walking around the village and she heard a noise and went, Oh, there's Jesus. I'm going to touch him. That's not what happened. What happened was she heard about Jesus long before he came to her village. Some people think it could have been weeks. Some think it could have even been months. But she made a decision in her faith. She said, this is what I'm going to do. He comes to my town. I'm going to go to him and I'm going to touch him. I'm going to take my milk because I'm over this. Yeah. That's faith. You see that? And she, she formed a picture in her thinking about being healed by Christ. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. She wasn't healed yet. She still had the blood condition for probably months but as far as she was concerned she got her healing in her faith then the day came where she got the opportunity to reach out and physically do something about her faith and at that moment the healing happened isn't that amazing cuz if you keep looking to your body for your healing you're going to get depressed You're going to get anxious. You're going going to go, well, it hasn't happened yet. I haven't got faith. Does Jesus love me? Am I out of the will of God? Stop all that stuff. It's got nothing to do with that. It's about us reaching to God and our faith and saying, God, I believe I am healed now in my faith. The anxiety goes and now it's up to God, right? Let me ask you a question. Can you heal yourself? Can I heal you? No one can heal you, right? Only God can heal you, right? So we've got to reach out to God in our faith and touch Him in our faith and leave the healing up to Him. Some of you are gonna heal, be healed straight away. You're gonna feel something. something's happened. Some of you are gonna be healed tomorrow, next week. I, I don't know when, that's not up to me, it's not up to you. But what's up to us is to come to a place of faith, okay? Some of you have suffered with this thing for quite a while. You say, man, I I just, I'm over it. That's awesome. Because that brings you to a place of desperation. But you need more than desperation. We need to come to a place of faith. We just say, God, I'm receiving my healing today. I want you to reach out your hand like this to the Lord. Church, will you pray for them? If you know someone by name, pray for them specifically. Say, Jesus, right now, heal them in Jesus' name. I want you to pray this out loud. Say this, Lord Jesus. Thank you for carrying my sins and my sicknesses on the cross. And just as I've given you my sins and you've forgiven me, this morning I give you my sickness. I give you my pain and I receive your divine health. I receive your divine healing in my faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord, just touch them right now. Let the power of God come. And let a healing come into their body. In the name of Jesus. Receive your miracle and your faith. In the name of Jesus. Touch them. Touch them right now. Let the power of God come. Touch this young man. Correct. Bring balance in his body. Take away all the anxiety. And let faith Let faith come, Lord, a new level of faith. Let all the anxiety go, the inward turmoil, and let the peace of God fill his heart and let healing flow from this moment on. In Jesus' name, in the name of Jesus, touch him right now. Let the power of God touch his body. Come right now, touch him right now. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Amen, amen. Come on, let's thank him. Say, Lord, I'm thanking you for my healing in my faith. I want you to do one thing, and I want you to do not a thing. So when you go to sit down, the first thing I don't want you to do, will you make a promise? This is just my thing. Don't check out your body. Don't go, did that work? Because you're not getting healed in your body. You're getting healed in your faith, and you're giving it to your body. The second thing is when your healing happens, tell somebody. Tell somebody. Say, wow, you wouldn't believe what happened to me. I've struggled with this thing for X years or whatever, and I prayed, and I, for the first time I got it in my faith, something's happened. I'm, I'm getting well. I am well. I'm healed. You tell somebody. Amen. Is that good? Lord bless you. Go on, you go on faith, see what God does. You can be seated, church. You can be seated. We're gonna talk a few minutes here about shift. Change is inevitable. How many Christians does it take to change a light bulb? Change? Change? (laughs) When I was a young person, I'm not like this now, and I won't tell you what a a denomination I was brought up in, but I used to come to church early to sit in people's seats. (laughs) You know, some people sit in their seat, and I used to come early and just sit there. And I got told off once by my mum and dad. They just said, you're just a troublemaker. (laughs) And i just sit there and see them walk in Sunday morning and then their seats taken, and they and the look of desperation on their faith, Will God be in the next seat? Will I build comfortable? See, because what happens is we get into a place in our lives where we all want this, right? Like, hands up those that lose socks. Have you, any men here lose socks? Um, I constantly find I lose one sock. I've got one, but I lost the other. And it really annoys me. You know, I get really upset. And I've discovered what the problem is. It's the washing machine. They eat them. And, and it's really interesting. But what is that in us? We, we like change. Don't, uh, we don't like change. So, so, so we, we get to a place we want to be comfortable. And, 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 and we don't want our coffee to be different and we want the same waiter, and we want our socks to be there. Whoever lo- who loses keys? I'm just going to pick the personalities here. Who never loses keys? I never lose keys. And when I do, I find anxiety it begins to come into my life because I lost my keys. What is that? It's that naturally, all of us in different ways, we actually resist change. But have a guess what the Christian life is about. Change. There is one consistent with God and that's change. We live on the ocean and we've retired and we live in an apartment, we look over the ocean. Do you know every day, we've been there for 10 years, I don't think I've seen a day where it's the same. The nuance of wind, the the. Volume of cloud, the thinness, the thickness of the cloud, all play on the light and you can get up every morning and it'll look different. There'll be something different. Because why? God's created the world to be a constant changing environment. It's amazing, isn't it? All the planets follow paths. I was talking to one of my genius friends. I actually have several friends. You know, maybe uh, your pastor, he's a genius. Um, uh, But my genius friend, he's a doctor. He was the youngest uh, doctor of philosophy in biochemistry in New Zealand at the time when we were at uni. I just sort of got through. Um, he, He was so intelligent, he didn't have to do a master's. He did his degree and they promoted him straight into the doctorate programme because he was like A hey, pluses and people like that I don't like. But anyway, he's my friend, so I have to like him. And But I was talking to the other day and I said, I'm just getting these thoughts as an older person. And he said, yeah, what's that? I said, you know how everything works in systems and paths? He goes, yes. I said, like days, months, the moon. You know, the moon never goes, I'm tired of this, I'm out of here. You know, the moon's always there, right? And they've got charts now. You can go online. You you do it and say, when is high tide in Port Adelaide? Give me the time in 2099, and you'll find it. It'll be there. They can predict how high the tide will be, when, why? Because God put everything in patterns. And I I said, so let me just go outside of this. Do you think, therefore, our universe is moving? in a pattern. He goes, man, you're getting intelligent in your old age, Gordon. <laughs> I said, no, maybe I'm just thinking. But I said, because do you think there are other universes? And he says, well, why not? Because God's so big. Our universe is expanding every day. It's growing, changing. And, and then I thought, well, it's logical to me that if God's got other universes, he doesn't want them to crash into each other. Now, I'm talking universes now, not just a a moon around an earth. I'm now talking our solar system. Now we're talking universes so they don't collide. And I said, do you think God's created universes with paths? And he goes, well, I haven't thought of that before. But he said, why not? That seems totally logic. Because why would God create something to just crash into each other and destroy something, right? Because he's an intelligent big God. And I said, okay, I'm going to put something to you. Just as the moon comes closer in certain seasons to the earth, and sometimes planets every 100 years line up like the age of Aquarius. Anyone know what I'm talking about? And it has pull and it affects the tide and the weather. There are changes within. So what I'm trying to say is God's created everything with order, but within the order, there's chaos in the sense of randomness, not in the sense of mess, but in the sense of change. And so we find now, you know, people are saying, oh, we're running out of water. My question is, where did it go? Um, Because it's, anyway, um, uh, because everything is moved. You've got to get this. This is a very important point I'm making. Everything around us is moving and changing. It's ordered, but it's chaotic. And it's like this paradox in the bigness of God. Like, oh, my God. But that's what God's like. What am I trying to say? Well, you, little person, you are ordered. You have weekly, daily, sorry, daily, monthly, annual, yearly, processes. Did you know every seven years you have a totally new body? You look at the mirror and go, no, what's different? But all your cells, your blood, your skin, everything, it's renewing. And they say within about seven years, some are quicker, some other aspects of our body are quicker than others. But by the time we get to about seven years, are you finding this interesting? Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I find this very interesting. Um, uh. You've got a totally new body. What am I saying? Even your physical world is changing every day, but you don't notice it. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Look what the Bible says in two, 1 Corinthians four sixteen. For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. Every day, what is happening in the atmosphere and in the planets and in the universes is actually happening within you every day. You're changing, you're evolving. I don't like that word. I don't mean the word evolution, but evolving in the sense that you are growing, you are changing, God is renewing you. Isn't it exciting to be a Christian? And we're here, aren't we, in the church Because we're hungry for God. Do you want more of God? You want more levels of God? You wanna grow in God? Well, how does that happen? You have to shift. We, we, We did this big shift three years ago when we retired. We took years planning and moving up to it. But at the end of the day, I had to shift. I had to shift my mindset. I had to shift my habits. I had to shift my location. And so in the last three years, we've only been in our own church, even though it's our home church, we've only been there a handful of times. Why? Because we had to make a shift. I can't just sit there doing nothing, twiddling my thumbs and looking like a a nuisance or being bored. I have to make shifts and do new things. That's like retirement. But it's the same whether you're 18 and you're going to university, you can no longer live like a high school kid where your teacher told you everything and you're in a system, now you go to university, you've got to make a shift. You've got to turn up to the lecture. You've got to be responsible. When you start a new job, you can't act like a university student where even though you were full-time, you only worked a couple of days (laughs) in I live there. I went to you. You know what I'm trying to say. Now you've got to turn up every day. But see, to embrace that, we have to shift in our thinking, and our feeling. We need to shift into a bigger mindset. We have to shift into a greater understanding. We need to shift into a higher level of faith. We have to shift where God can move. And the only way to make uh, to to do this is to be aligned with God. We've got to keep aligning because. He does new things all the time. It's amazing, you know, I've been a Christian. I had last year, I had my 50th birthday as a Christian. So I've been born again for 50 years, been following Jesus for 50 years. You know I realized? I've been in nine revivals. Nine revivals I've been in. And there's been other things that have happened, but I can think of nine specific moves of God that went across the world, and I was in them. Isn't that amazing? And I experienced it, and I wasn't necessarily leading it, but I was involved in them. Some of the later ones, I was actually leading them and being involved in them, but nine revivals. You know what I've discovered all over the world? I've found people in the one out of nine revival, they're still there, they still sing the songs of the one nine revival and they dress like they're still in the revival, and they act like they're in revival number one. Then I go to other places, and they're in revival number two out of nine. It happened 50 years ago, folks. Yeah, but you see, give me the old-time religion. It's good enough for me. Well, it's not good enough for God, and it's certainly not good enough for you. We're got to keep moving with God, moving with God, and there will be fresh moves of God. There will be fresh things that God will do, but we need to be aware that we need to keep realigning. So how do we do this? Let me give you a few how-tos on how do you keep aligned with God? How do you keep change? If change is inevitable, why do so many Christians not change? I think it comes down to two things. Number one, what we're thinking in our heads, and number two, what we're speaking out of our mouths. It's that simple. You say, what do you mean? Well, Everything that God does, he does through words. Let me just say that again. Everything God does, he does through words. I find that incredible. And so his ultimate revelation to us is his written word. So he's actually written it in black and white. So, but this isn't, the Word of God, the actual spoken Word of God. This is the written Word of God that was written by divine inspiration. But did you know the creative word, let there be light, is still traveling in time and space? It's never been rescinded. That's why when you woke up this morning, the sun rose. Why did the sun rise? Because God said, let there be light. And he said, let there be seasons, night and day. And he said, let there be stars. He said that. And did you realize that word is still traveling and has never been rescinded? That's his word. That's how powerful it is. He does everything through word. Therefore, the chief weapon of the devil is words. (laughs) He doesn't come in a pitchfork suit Red, horns, tail. He comes in words. He comes in a thought. And then we begin to speak his words. He's mimicking God because he understands God does everything through words. It's amazing, isn't it? What kind of words? Counter words, deceiving words, accusing words. Divisive words, lying words. So how does he do this? Well, you've got to go back to Genesis chapter three, right at the beginning. Devil turns up, form of a serpent. Hi oh, Eve, how you going and stuff? Oh, we're doing fantastic, walking with God, living this great life. Oh, I said, can I ask you a question? Sure. He said, Did God actually say to you, "Don't touch that tree"? <laughs> This is a step number one, he questions the Word of God. She says, oh yeah, God said if we touch it, we die. Now he goes a step further. He denies the Word. He says, hey, listen, I've got a news for you. You won't die. Now he, he's now denying the Word. He begins by questioning the Word. Is, is that really what? Are miracles for today? Is the Bible really true? No, it's a hate speech book. Is, did God re- did has he really said it? The moment we buy into his words, he now takes us a step further and he says, it's not true, he denies it. But he's not just here to question and deny the word, he goes to step three where he wants all of us to be. He replaces the word. And this is what he says, Eve, you know what's happening here? God's holding out on you. He's a party pooper. God's a redneck. He hates everybody that doesn't like him. Tell you what he wants. He knows that in the day you eat that fruit, you will be like God's little G. You read it, it's God's little G. And now he's replaced the word with his own word she buys into it and eats the fruit. But you know the truth? They were already like God. If you like, they were already gods, not God divine, but they were the son and daughter of God, capital G. They were made in the image and the likeness of God. But see how the devil got in, questioned the word, denied it and then replaced it with what I call replacement theology. God's holding out on you. You can be anything you want to be. See, did you know that in life, everything around us has a dialogue, whether verbal or silent, but it has a dialogue. And we live in a world of atmospheres, circumstances, and situations. It's called being a human being. We live in a world of atmospheres, circumstances, and situations. At home, in life, at work, at church, everywhere. We're walking into atmospheres. We're walking into circumstances. We're walking into situations. And they are talking to us. I find this incredible. But here's the problem that you and I have as human beings. Just like Eve, because we can read that story and go, Eve, she really stuffed it up for us. I'd be different. But you know, today we're exactly the same. We're listening to the dialogue of negativity around us every day rather than the positivity that's in us with God. So we're taking on the dialogue of the world rather than the dialogue of God. Are you hearing me here? God does everything through words. Therefore, the devil, the God of this world, little G, he's got his dialogue. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever been with a friend and from the time you sat down to drink your coffee, you nearly got angina and stomach ulcers because the moment they opened their mouth, out it came criticism, negativity, moaning, groaning, fear and doubt, I just want you to go there if you've ever experienced it. Can you remember that atmosphere that came on you? That feeling? Isn't it amazing? See, because words carry atmosphere they carry, they carry, if you like, an anointing, even if it's different. See, if we accept their message, we will accept their atmosphere. Amazing. See, it's one thing for Lazarus to be in the tomb. It's another thing for you and me to go in and have a sleep with him. Because we want to identify with Lazarus. We want to really feel as he feels. So we go into the tomb, just imagine it, and lie down with him and sleep the night with dead old Lazarus beside us. That's what we do when we accept the dialogue of any situation, of any person. When we accept their dialogue, it's like us going into the tomb with Lazarus. But you see, Jesus gave Lazarus a word to get him up and get him out. He said, come forth in John chapter 11. It's amazing. Do you know the thing that amazes me about this story? The grave never changed. The stink never changed. The death never changed. As a matter of fact, everyone else in the grave never changed. Only Lazarus. Lazarus changed. He made a shift from death to life because the dialogue of God got into his spirit and showed him how he could get up and get out. Amazing. Did you know God wants to put a word in your heart today and in my heart that we know we'll learn how to get up and get out of an atmosphere, an environment, a dialogue that's not from God. When we get a fresh word in our heart, when we listen to God's dialogue about our world, about our situation, about other people, about whatever, We will make a shift. Atmospheres will change. Attitudes will change. Your life will change. Your marriage will change. Your family will change. Your work will change. Your church will change. When we receive a fresh word from God. Why? Because God does everything through a spoken word. Amazing. I find this incredible. But you see, It all depends what comes out of your mouth. It depends what we're saying. Yes, we think it, we get a word in our heart, but we have to speak it. Why did God write this down? Many think God wrote this down because uh, he thought he might have amnesia. Did I say that? I I forgot. (laughs) Now, God didn't write this down for him. He knows what he said. He's still saying what he said, but he wrote this down in black and white so that you and I would know what he said without a doubt. It's objective. It hasn't got anything to do with your background, where you came from, what church you were born in or whatever. This is God's Word. And in it, the Bible said, are giving to us exceeding great and precious promises that through them we might be partakers of the divine nature. How? How? through the promises of God, responding to the promises of God. This is kingdom mindset. It's a new way of thinking. It's a new way of speaking. See, God is proactive. He's not passive. When he sees darkness, he doesn't get threatened. He doesn't get intimidated. He looks at it and he sees void, he sees chaos, he sees darkness, he sees something not working properly, but he doesn't get threatened, he doesn't have a bad day at the office. He begins to speak to it. He begins to say, let there be. Why did God go to great length of recording, look, it's just like whole cha- two chapters about how he created. Why didn't he just give us one verse? I, I did all this. He goes into all the detail about what he said and how it happened. Why? Because God's writing in here how he wants you and I to act and speak. This is for you and me so we can learn how to speak. God is showing us what he wants us to do. I call this a kingdom shift. It begins with a word in our heart and then we begin to speak it Out of our mouth. We're going to start telling things to be the way God wants them to be. Amazing story, isn't it? The way to change something is not fighting it, not getting mad at it, not getting threatened at it, not working harder at it, but begin to speak a new word into your situation. Shift happens By speaking God's word of faith into your world. I'm going to get that job. I'm going to be okay. I'm going to get through this problem. My marriage is going to get better. My business is going to be okay. Our church is awesome. The Spirit of God's moving in our church. God's going to move and do incredible things. We begin to speak to our situations, our atmospheres, our environments the way we want it to be. You know the amazing thing on creation morning when God said, let there be light, darkness didn't say, hey, I like the dark. It had to be what God wanted it to be. When we begin to speak the Word of God and the promises of God into our environment, into our situation, into our world, it has to come into line with God's Word. It has to. Some situations instantly change, others take weeks, others take months, others take years. It takes years to build a great marriage. You can't just get one overnight. So oh, I want one like them. Well, it takes time, it takes change, it takes speaking into it, it takes a lot of love and a lot of care and investment. But as you do that and you keep speaking into it, what happens is change happens, shift happens. It becomes what you Call it to be. Oh, I love it. God has created you and me to be and act like Him. God doesn't care what it looks like. God doesn't care how loud it is. God doesn't care how old it is. God doesn't care how difficult it is. God doesn't care how big it is. He just looks at it and He speaks it. He looks at the darkness and He says, let there be light. What are you facing today? Don't get intimidated. Don't get mad. Don't try to work harder. Get a word in your spirit this morning and look at that darkness, look at that chaos, look at that disorder, and say, you're going to be okay. I'm going to get through this. There's going to be a change. It's all good. It's going to be great. And you begin to speak at it. But you know what I find? When you begin to speak at it, you sound like a crazy man because that circumstances Those circumstances, rather, are yelling at you their dialogue. They're yelling at you. You'll never, it'll always, you can't. But with a word in our heart, we make a shift and we begin to look at that darkness and say, you're gonna be light. You're gonna turn. You're gonna be done away with. My business is gonna prosper. My kids are gonna grow up. They're gonna be okay. This church is gonna flourish Begin to speak God's dialect, God's word, God's will into everything. You tell it the way it's going to be. Atmospheres will change. Attitudes will change. You will make a shift when you get a fresh word in your heart and you begin to speak to that darkness. Speak to that confrontation. Speak to that disappointment. Don't take on the dialogue of your circumstances. Don't take on, don't sign for it. Even though it's real, even though you're facing it, don't sign for it, be like God. People say, well, where do you find the promises? Start reading it. You'll find, use a concordance, get a promise and begin to pray over that word, that promise and begin to speak it into your circumstances. Let's finish with the scripture. I tell you the truth," said Jesus. "Whatever you say will happen if you believe it in your heart and you speak it out your mouth. It will come to pass." Mark eleven twenty-two to twenty-four. You will have what you say, not what you hope, not what you would like, not even your reality. You will have. What you say, will not you bow your heads in the presence of God. Father, I thank you for your presence here today. I thank you, Lord, that you've called us to be and act like you. I ask you to come this morning and give a fresh word into every heart here today regarding their family, regarding their marriage, regarding their work, their studies, their world, anything. You will give them a fresh word I pray, Lord, for the courage for them to begin to speak out the way it has to be. That we will begin to speak your will into our world in Jesus' name. Just before I hand over, if you're away from God, if you're not connected, maybe you've drifted, maybe you've been in church for years, but you say, you know, Gordon, I'm not really connected. I need to make a shift this morning closer to God. There's leaders in this church who would love to pray with you and help you and show you how you can live your best life following the Lord. This morning, if you're away from Him and you're saying in your heart, you know, Gordon, I, I really need to shift and come back. Or maybe I need to say yes to Jesus for the first time. Just raise your hand right where you are. Just slip it up and say, yes, that's me this morning. Pray for me, Gordon. Include me in a prayer. I count it a privilege to pray for you. Father, I thank you for everybody here today. I thank you for your grace. I pray, Lord, that you will fill our hearts and our minds with your word and with your promises. And Lord, we will be diligent to begin to speak your dialogue and not listen to the dialogue of the world and the devil and other people. But Lord, we will be busy speaking your dialogue out from the abundance of our heart and our mind And we will see situations become the way you have designed them and willed them to be in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Lord bless you.